The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I was at the local coffee shop. There's a coffee shop called Joe Coffee, which is in our hood. And like everyone goes through there. And Matt Damon was in there and he had a Boston Red Sox hat. And I'm like, all right, do you say something to Matt Damon or you just let Matt Damon be? Of course, as a fellow celebrity, I'm joking. Uh, I know you don't bother him. You let him be. <laughs> but then Damon looked at me and gave me the nod. And I oh. think he knew who I was. And I was about to engage, and then he was gone out of my life forever. So that <laughs> friendship never materialized either. Uh. Hi, my name is Peter Schrager, and I am so juiced every day I get to wake up. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Off the Beat. Get it? I just said it off the beat. It is me, as always, your host, Brian Baumgartner. And today, football fans rejoice, but also fans of really good, interesting people, uh, you rejoice as well, because we have a spectacular guest who knows just about everything and everybody involved with the NFL, Peter Schrager, NFL insider, joins us on the podcast today. He is a brilliant analyst and a sideline reporter. He's also a podcast host. He's a best-selling author. He's an Emmy winner. And, well, I'm proud to say a friend of mine. His show, Good Morning Football, three hours of live television every single weekday of the year. It's the best if you want to keep up with NFL news. You can also see him on Fox NFL Kickoff on the sidelines at times for Fox Sports, and he's a regular on The Herd with Colin Cowherd and The Dan Patrick Show. Basically, anywhere there's football, there he is, Peter. And anywhere there's Peter, you know it's going to be gold. I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. One of my favorite people in the business, Peter Schrager, everyone. Bubble and squeak. I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. Peter! Yes! 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 What is happening? 
Oh man, you look great. How are you? you on the course right now? Where are you? I'm not on the course, but you are definitely getting vacation, Brian. I love it. I am here from beautiful Hilton Head Island. Oh, that's so good. So much Hil- golf. Miniature Hil- and the regular kind. <laughs> that's right. I think we're doing miniature golf this afternoon. That is great. Big family reunion. It sounds like I'm doing a commercial for it. My parents live here in Hilton Head oh, Island. Do. My parents retired down here. Awesome. Yeah, we we are doing our, I, I think it's our first actual like family official family re- reunion. Yeah, cool. cool. I don't know. I don't know. The Shrakers are not a family reunion people. That's not what we do. So I love no, that you're doing it. Like we would we've never, never done it. We got a <laughs> huge house. We're all staying under one roof. Oh, it could be a show about that. It's uh, yeah, it's very entertaining. Last night. Now I was not up this morning, but my sister, this is unbelievably cool in Hilton head Island at this time of year. The sea turtles nest. Okay. And you have to turn your lights off if you're near the water so that the the babies don't get confused and they go, they follow the moon back into the water. Well, this morning they had hatched Mm. and my sister walked down. They saw the tracks of the little baby sea turtles going back into the sea. And about this time they have, uh, they have people who go up and down the beach and they're helping the sea turtles or whatever. They show up. And they know to like look around and make sure there are no stragglers. And there was a straggler. Oh my god, the cutest who thing. had crawled into a crab hole, and they got it out. And they saw slash held the the volunteer held it, but they got to see the baby sea turtle and watch it take its first steps into the ocean. That's the most amazing thing. It's, I love that. And you know that in about six months or in a year from now, there's going to be like a giant raising canes in that exact spot that's built, <laughs> or there's going to be a TD bank there instead. So enjoy that. That's beautiful. That sounds awesome. <laughs> we saw the, the last of the sea turtles. Yes, exactly you right. It. You got it. I'm so excited to be talking to you. I mean, this is, I mean, this, this constitutes as our official NFL I love preseason it. episode for sure. We're going to talk about that, but I want to talk about you first. I know you grew up in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Tell me about little Peter. Okay. Little Peter was not born your t- little Peter. No. Tell okay. me about little Peter. That conversation and- would be quite short, Brian. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in sports? Were you into sports? I was diehard. Like I was the kid that would memorize the baseball cards and okay. know every factoid on the back. I grew up in Freehold, New Jersey, which is a town in central Jersey. It's not quite Jersey Shore. It's not quite North Jersey. We're kind of our own little world. It's a Springsteen country. So if you want to think like blue collar, this is, you know, we're going to make it out of here someday and get to the <laughs> big city about an hour away. That That's where it was. Uh, and my childhood was getting a pack of tops cards, watching SportsCenter in the morning, memorizing statistics, waking up every morning and getting the newspaper and checking the box scores. And I could tell you basically every player where they went to college from the age of 10 years old to probably now, because my mind works that way. And I just was lucky enough to fall in love with sports, realize that at a young enough age, I'm not going to play sports professionally, kind of pivot into being a uh, sports media uh, guy, first a writer, and then eventually on television now. Well, so Okay, well, a couple of things. One, you're from you're from you're from mid Jersey. Now, yes. are you are you Philly? Are you New York? What 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 are you? And what so, are the people around you? Where Monmouth County is, which is like Freehold, Manalapan, Marlboro, Howell. I'm sure you're very well versed on your Central Jersey um, well, geography, but in those towns, <laughs> I know Northeastern Pennsylvania. How about there that? There you go. It is split <laughs> three ways. You're either Eagles fans, right? Jets fans, or Jets. Giants fans. I okay. so happen to be very fortunate as a kid to watch the 86 Giants, to watch the 90 Giants, and then to also get another bite at the apple with Eli Manning in 07 and 2011. I grew up a Giants fan. On the Good Morning Football show, I say I'm objective. I don't, have, but I'll tell you, with all my family and all my friends, we come from Giants country. Giants country. Okay. What about baseball and yeah. hockey and stuff? Are you are you New yeah, York so, then? Yeah, it's it, it's okay. funny because the the Devils came around when I was a kid and all that stuff. But it was I was Giants. I was New York Rangers. I was New York Yankees, and okay. in and in hockey, it was the New York Rangers um, and the New York Knicks. Right. So those are the teams. I was New York. You were New York all the yeah. way. So you said you realized at an early age you weren't going to play professionally, but I mean, did you play as a kid? 
I played basketball and soccer okay. as a kid. Football, I, oddly enough, like it, it wasn't Pop Warner at the time. Isn't what it is now. We didn't have flag football when I was a kid, so I basically played in like my street with the kids from the block. The and same then, with me. Yeah, and the thought of playing high school football. I was I went to a big high school, and there was kids who were playing. Like I just wasn't in the cards for me. So I would go to all the games on Friday nights, and I'd get into it, and I would know everything about it, but never thought to actually play actual football. But you early on you thought you were going to be involved in sports. I wanted to be. As a kid? Yeah, I really wanted to be. Like, I did everything you can imagine and took every angle. Like, when I was in college, I went to Emory in Atlanta, which I've told you before. Um, Yeah. Not a football program. They don't have a football program. Not a huge sports media department. And all these kids were going to, like, ESPN. All these guys and gals, they were from Syracuse, where you go to Newhouse, or Northwestern, you go to Medill, or USC, you go to Annaberg. Like, there's like a factory where you can go and become a sports center anchor, you know? Like, that's what right. it was. I went to a school that didn't have it. So I showed up at the ESPN Sports Zone in Buckhead in Atlanta on a 100 degree day <laughs> in, I think, 2002, dressed in a shirt and tie. And I tried out for an ESPN reality show called ESPN Dream Job. Okay. Which was like the American Idol to be on Sports Center. Okay. I didn't make it, but I made an impression with some of the people who were there from ESPN. They thought I was funny, charismatic, uh, high energy. I was a junior in college. Right. And they said, here's our card. When you're done with college, let us know. And my first job out of college was writing for ESPN.com as a freelance writer. And it was because of that venture to the Buckhead ESPN Sports Zone wow. and trying to make an impression on them. Yeah. Wow. Now, I I can't remember if I've told you this or not. My father, who is, again, is staying in the same house with me. I love this. 42 years he spent at Emory University. My sister went there. I didn't know this. Yes. And quite frankly, that's where I should have gone. Because when, you, when you're at a big research hospital, yeah. like Emory, Emory is, sure. I mean, it's world-renowned. You're also a teacher, right? So you're teaching residents, you're teaching, Mm -hmm. and actually was the head of the residency program and was very interested in that. And your kids get free tuition. Is that right? So I was going to go to Emory. That was what I was going to do. And then at a certain point, when I decided what I wanted to do, they didn't have a huge theater training program. They didn't have a conservatory program. And so, you know, I made the decision to go to SMU, hail to the red and the blue, the Mustangs of SMU. And my dad was, I mean, was very practical about it. It was like, okay, great. How are you going to pay for it? I mean, how cool is your dad for understanding that? But wouldn't he just say like Emory is a top 50 university. It's free to it. Like, don't do, don't, don't go outside the lines here. What a cool dad for letting you pursue your dreams. (laughs) Right. One, yes. And two, it then meant and I was fortunate in a way I was recruited to SMU. And so I was very transparent with them, even as a, whatever I was 18 year old. Sure. I said, guys, I want to come here too, but you've got to give me some money because otherwise and I SMU free- at the time, this is pony express. I'm thinking football. This is Eric Dickerson and all that. Yeah, little after is, that, Craig, this James. is a little after that, but they yeah. had a, they had a great theater department. Great theater department. So give me Best some, I, I like, I like going through the history of the football. Give me the history of the theater department at SMU. Who are the Mustangs? Uh, who'd they have? Well, Kathy Bates. Okay. Me. Wait, so um, when Kathy no. Bates goes to the um, office, are you like, Hey, we're fellow SMU? Like, when yes. she co- yeah. In fact, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. We opened a theater when I was at SMU. We opened a, it was a thrust stage. This okay. Is not a joke. This is what it's called. <laughs> and to open up this theater, they invited back a lot of old prestigious alumni, yeah. alumnuses, alumni. Alumnus, and alumni, Kathy yeah. Bates was one. And my mom, unbeknownst to me, I guess got Kathy Bates's agent's information. I don't yes. know how people even do this. Resourceful. And, and sent her a book and Kathy Bates and signed the book, said, pursue your dreams. And I still have it to this Amazing. day. And so in the makeup trailer, wasn't the first day Kathy was, I knew she no, was no. going to be around a little bit, but I brought in the book and I told her the story and no, but what a cool story. And you still had the book. I still had the book and, uh, yeah. And she was coming off misery and fried green tomato. Yeah. Like she, this was, yeah, this is, yeah. She had won the Academy award for yeah. sure. Uh, for misery 
I, I'm not going to remember right now what year that was, but she had she had already won when she came back. Amazing to SMU. So yeah, that was that was that's pretty that's cool. Pretty so cool. I went there and it all worked out. I did I didn't go for free. Dad did supplement slightly, but but very slightly, and that was the deal because of of Emory. For me, it was Emory, which. I wanted to go to a school that that did have sports, so I applied to to Duke and to Carolina and to Northwestern and to Wake, and I got into Emory. So that's where I went. <laughs> really, really, that's surprising. I mean, Emory is a Emory is a good school. That's surprising yeah. that you got in if you got not yeah. in there, especially like North Carolina. Essay, They'll sure. take anybody. Yeah. Jeez. UNC, come on. Uh, um, you start there writing, and you have a a little radio show there yes. as well. Is that right? Yes. That was the sports. Yeah. So I was in a fraternity shocker. Um, okay. and we were in the Pike house and, uh, my roommate was a guy, Aaron Luber, who I still think to this day is the funniest person to walk the earth. You know, you've got your college friends that you're like, I know you didn't go into entertainment, but had you have done that, <laughs> you would be bigger than Jim Carrey right now. You know, like <laughs> he was that guy. And the two of us love doing prank calls. And this was like the height of Howard Stern and the whack pack. And that they yeah. would have their Sal and Richard prank calls. And I'm like, we would do prank calls. And then the Emory radio station, it was like very early on where you can, it wasn't streaming, but there was a cable access channel that was just seen in the dorms. And it became a thing where once a week on Tuesday nights, we, we called it the old crow show. Cause we would drink old crow whiskey when we were, you know, when we were doing the show and we would prank other people on campus and we would do funny voices and characters and eventually got a little bit of a following and it was be on TV too. So people would tune in and, you know, it was my first brush with like, okay, this isn't just in my imagination that this could happen. Like it is possible and we do have something going here. So I got into radio. I never called any sporting events. I never did. I had a stupid comedy sketch show for three hours once a week, but right. I had the bug. I loved entertaining. I loved it. You loved it. Well, and it sounds like by going to the ESPN zone when you were a junior, like you have already started thinking about it. And so when you graduate, th that's your first call is you have the card of the people at ESPN and you call them. Yeah. It's an amazing, you know, for all these, I get, I'm sure you do too. I get hundreds of emails from prospective college students. Here are my clips. What do you think? And it's like, you just got to do it. You got to do it. You got to go out there and fail and do it. And my story is not glamorous because in the one breath, yes, I got a look from ESPN and it was page two at the time, which was like where Bill Simmons was writing and Ralph Wiley was writing. And it was this really big site. And it was one of the editors who gave me a couple of things, but it was freelance. And I probably wrote one article a month for six months. And those articles paid $600. So you better right. believe I was living in my parents' house right, right. after college. <laughs> and I'm back in Freehold, New Jersey after my dad dropped how much money on my college education, who knows, right. to go to Emory for teacher school. <laughs> and I'm right back where I was senior year of high school in my same high school bed, going to the same you know college bars I was going to in my hometown. And that was really the the time where it's like, do I want to do this or not? Because I'm sure I could take the LSATs and, and put that together. I'm sure I could work in marketing right. somewhere. And I also had friends from Emory who were making real money in finance and doing some things in the city. So it was like this very humbling thing. And I would just tell anyone, you have to stick with it because I wrote those freelance articles and I kept with it and it felt like there wasn't going to happen. And then eventually foxsports.com reached out to me and was like, we do have a full-time position years later. I mean, years later. So it was a lot of putting together clips and writing for publications, freelance one off. But as you know, in your, in your field, the Timothy Chamelays are one in a million. You got to put <laughs> yeah. the work in like before you become the big star. I'm not saying he didn't put the work in, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, very few of us are going to be stars at 22. So you got to put the work in during those years. Right. At this point in time, you know, having the radio show and people laughing, having your improv group. Well, and you could talk to now too. Do you consider yourself a journalist hmm. or an entertainer? Wow. Wow, Brian, because I think uh, I fancy myself a journalist because that's where I grew up and I had the different websites I wrote for and the different publications and you had to go through the fact group. And my role on Good Morning Football and on Fox is that I'm the NFL insider, right? So right. I'm the one giving you all the information, who's playing, who's not playing, what's happening in this free agent contract, who's this team going to draft. And I play the role of journalist. But if I'm being honest with you, 
I didn't go through the, the, the journalism chops of working at the Washington Post and having to you know, go investigate local school districts at a small paper. I didn't go down that road. I came from an outside road where I was going to put it together and get uh, to where I was going to be. So I, yes, journalist, but gosh, Good Morning Football, if you watch our show, I would say it's far more entertainment than necessarily journalism. Right. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Early on, you start working for Fox Sports and covering stories on Fox News. In those early days, yeah, was there anyone, a coach, a player that you met to where you were starstruck? Yeah, I mean, some of my early interviews on camera, it's like watching Chris Farley in the old SNL skits talking to McCartney. Like, oh, uh, what was it like? Uh, you know, like all right. I mean, that, yeah. was awesome. yeah, that, that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Remember awesome. that? That was awesome. Yeah. Um, that's a great, great one to go to. Because like, it was one of those deals where um, I also wrote for GQ magazine. I would do a lot of the player profiles. And that okay. was one of my favorite gigs because you'd get a budget. You were allowed to take the player out in New York and then you can write whatever. And I remember I went out with DeMarcus Ware, who was a fantastic linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. I and just hung out with him. Did you? I mean, is he not the nicest guy in the world? <laughs> he is the nicest guy in the world. And now a Hall of Famer. I just played with him at the American Century. Oh, that's so cool. Me I, and DeMarcus and Charles Barkley. Oh, come on, Brian. Do you pinch yourself? Like It's, this un- is- uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. DeMarcus, super nice guy. Sorry to interrupt you, but anyway. No, he, and, he, and here's the thing for the listeners. He's the most one of the most ferocious players in the history of the sport. Absolutely menacing outside linebacker. His job was to tackle and hurt quarterbacks. And then yes. off the field is a true renaissance man. So he and I, uh, we have a date to meet at the Soho Grand. And this is like 2005, 2006 for breakfast. And then I have a assignment from my editor. The guy's name was Devin Gordon from GQ. And he's like, Here's your budget. Do what you want to do with DeMarcus and come back with a great, great article for the for the fall issue of GQ magazine. And 
DeMarcus Ware says, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to go antique shopping. I go, you couldn't, that, yes, yes, let's go antique shopping. And we spent the day going to different antique shops in the village in New York City. And along the way, I'm asking him questions about football, but I'm really getting to know this guy. And I remember at the end of it just being like, Gosh, I just want to be your friend. Like, can I have your number? Can we keep in touch? Like, this guy is like so unique and so one of one and such a special person. And then uh, time after time, I would meet these guys who are in the top 1% of the world at what they do. And it's hard right. not just being so in awe of them. But the really first few times that I got like just at, was when I was on TV and Fox Sports was launching a, um, a network called Fox Sports One. Okay. And it was their cable network, and it's still it's still around. Yeah. But at the time, it was 2013, and it was like this big moment. And I, at just the same time, was just starting to do a lot of TV stuff. So I was a side. I went from being a writer to a sideline reporter to kind of a guy who's in the studios. And one of my first days on air, I'm on set and on the set with me. The other three people on there are Randy Moss, Brian Erlacher, and Rondé Barber. And I swear, I my my hit must have been like when they went to me, like, so Peter, what do you think? And in the green room, I'm like, I'm like, so Randy, do you remember when like you uh like faked pulled down your pants and like Joe Buck went nuts? And like Randy Moss is like, yes. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that kind of stuff never gets old. But now I'm you know, I speak to Mahomes now, or I speak to Josh Allen now. I'm 15 years older than these guys. It's not the same as it was maybe 10, 15 years ago for me when I was talking to the guys that that I just was in awe of. Right. You have said before, speaking of Randy Moss, that your most unusual job-related incident was fishing with Randy for three days on Big Bear Lake. The greatest assignment ever in the history of sports. So this was what? you Were you filming this? Yes. This okay. is... The producer's name was Michael Bloom, and Michael had this idea and said, okay, we've got this new football studio crew we're going to be unrolling, and they don't know each other that well. Obviously, Moss and Erlacher probably know each other. Rondé knows it. The other guy was Joel Klatt, who now calls college football. Yeah. Um, Let's do a preview show, but Randy's greatest passion is not football. Randy Moss's greatest passion is fishing. Yeah. So we're going to play to Randy and say, okay, right. So we went to Big Bear Lake. I, I'm a, I consider myself Northeast city guy, everything. I had never fished in my life. And the show was, <laughs> and I think it was like an hour long NFL football preview that might've ran once on FS1 at 3 a.m. in the morning. You know, one of those deals. But if you find the footage, right. it's probably the greatest piece of footage ever out there. Randy Moss, myself, Brian Erlacher, and Joel Klatt on a boat fishing, talking about football. And Randy's hauling in huge fish. I mean, Randy casts out a line, reels it in and is like bringing back like, you know, 28 inch this and, and this and, and you know, this is the kind of fish that it is. And this, and what's the word? Like a maglodon? You ever heard of a maglodon? Is that the word? Like, it's like, it's like monster from the sea. I don't know. Yeah, that's a I, shark. That's yeah, a shark, whatever right? Whatever it is. Is it a real shark? I don't even know. I asked yeah. Randy because I was like, I'm going to jump in the water in this big bear lake. I don't give a crap. I'm going to go jump. So I dive in and I'm like, Randy, come in. And this, I just had met Randy Moss and he's like, no, 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 no. I saw a documentary on the, ma- what is the word? A maglodon? Is that what it's called? Ma- yeah. Well, it's the movie with the. <laughs> the Meg, right? The, the Meg, yeah, with Rain Wilson. It's eaten <laughs> by the shark, right? That's yes. all I can think of. So is Randy's that what you're like, talking about? Randy's just refusing to go in. We'll not go in the water. And I'm like, you know, he's like, I know how to swim. It's not that I don't know how to swim. I just, I'm, I'm not, I know the maglodons are out there. And I'm like, this is all on film. I'm like, this is incredible. Randy Moss refusing to jump out of the boat. Um <sighs> But it's experiences like that where I'm like, that's the greatest. I would, that's like, you know, you pay us, guys pay in auctions crazy money to have a, a dinner with Randy Moss. I got to go fishing for three days with him, and Randy was incredible. We've been good friends ever since. 2013, same year you win your first sports Emmy for Inside the NFL on Showtime. What was the story? Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> again, young but coming up in the business and right. i hit it off with a guy named pete radovich who at the time was at cbs but also was bringing nfl's greatest show inside the nfl from hbo to showtime and they rebooted it with a new crew and it was james brown chris collinsworth phil sims and they brought me on as what was known as an editorial contributor so very little airtime 
But if Sims needed, hey, Schrager, what's the latest with Cam Newton in Carolina? Like, what's going on over there? I was filling him in off camera. Or if it was the Packers are playing the Saints this week, can someone, you know, tell me what Brett Favre's record was against the Saints when he played there? Like, that kind of stuff. Right. But that season in 2013 was the start of, like, social media really taking a big role. And I wasn't a huge social media guy, but they would bring me on for a for a segment and i would read tweets about the show kind of like jimmy kimmel's mean tweets yeah, before right, mean right. tweets and it was always just shitting on collinsworth and sims <laughs> and like those guys would respond and we had such a good time and then sure enough i get this invite to go to the emmys as part of the crew i'm like all right like you know again this is pinch me stuff we go and we win best weekly show and it, it to this day it's one of the coolest moments i got to be there we won we were freaking out and then like six months later, a trophy shows up at my studio apartment or one bedroom apartment, and it's the biggest thing in my apartment. It's like that and a you know empty gallon of milk and some beer cans. And my, my wife's like, "Where are we going to put that thing?" I'm like, "I don't know, but we're not. We're, we're taking we're, it. So we're we keeping it. it. We're keeping it. We're keeping it." Also, in 2013, you put on your writer's hat, "Strength of a Champion" with OJ Brigance. Tell me a little bit about. One, why that story needed to be told and, and, and why you? I wrote a book in 2011 with Victor Cruz from the Giants. Now, Victor Cruz had this big breakout season, won a Super Bowl, was a local kid from Patterson, New Jersey. I spent three months kind of with Victor with an open recorder, and I just like, tell me your life story, and it was incredible. And this book came on the heels of the Giants winning a Super Bowl. Victor Cruz being the hottest guy in sports. Right. And it and it's sort of number like something on the bestsellers list. We had a New York Times bestseller. And that was my first book out of the gates. And I wrote it with Victor. And I was like, so so at that point, I've got this publishing company and this book <laughs> wants you to write another like, one. What do you want to write? <laughs> yeah, right. What do you want to write? Go write a book on whatever. Like it's it, it, let's go. And I had been really touched by a story from the Super Bowl Ravens the following year. And the story was they had this player who used to play for the Ravens back in the early 2000s who was suffering from ALS, and his name was O.J. Brigance. And O.J. was working for the Ravens when the diagnosis came in. And obviously, it rocked his world. It rocked his wife Chandra's world. It rocked everyone's world. And in a lot of situations, you'd imagine, okay, he's going to take some time away. But, but the Ravens continued to employ O.J., and as his diagnosis would go from one year to two years to three years, he would eventually lose the ability to speak. He'd eventually be able to lose the ability to walk. And OJ would have this motorized vehicle that he would take to the building every single day with, with assistance from nurses. And he was able to talk to the players through a machine where he would use his eyes to type out words on a machine and then an automated voice would go to them. Well, sure enough, OJ is in the building and he's, you know, Ray Lewis would talk to him for hours every day and Ed Reed would rally around him. And the Ravens go on this incredible miracle Super Bowl run where Joe Flacco goes into Indianapolis or goes into New England and beats um, Tom Brady, goes into Denver and beats Peyton Manning. And they go on this great Super Bowl run. And the story of the season is incredible. But I wanted to tell the story from OJ's eyes. Um, so we wrote this book and it's, it's with OJ Brigance. And although the Victor Cruz one is the bestseller, the OJ book is truly one of my, my, my most, um, I guess my gift, like to, to his family and to him, but also what was um, something I'm most proud of. And I don't know if it sold many copies to be honest. And it wasn't a bestseller. It didn't get a ton of, you know, love on the, on the list and all that stuff. But that book meant everything to me. And OJ to this day in 2023, that was 10 years ago is still alive. Jesus. Suffering from ALS. And I still correspond with him and his wife, Chandra. And it's and he still goes to the Ravens facility. It's incredible stuff. Well, and I, I tell you something. Uh you you're gonna sell another copy. I, you know, in doing this research talking to you, I just found out about this book and looked into him a little bit. You know, it's weird, you know, the relationships that you have through this business, you know, and as you know, I have similar um, relationships with weird people that you would never expect. If there is a team still currently, and I used to tell them all the time that I hate more than any team in the world. It's the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> I, I mean, I just, but I had a relationship with Dwight Clark oh, well, there you go. who uh, also suffered from ALS and uh, unfortunately uh, succumbed to it and watching that happen that disease 
it's just horrible. I mean, there's just no other word to say. Just horrible. And I'm going to ask you because I'm ignorant. Is there is there a connection? Do you think? I don't know. They, scientifically, they haven't put the connection together, and there's between millions, the, football, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what there's I'm millions of people who suffer from summer, ALS that didn't that didn't play football. If anything, these gentlemen, Steve Gleason, Dwight Clark, OJ Bergans, the fact they have these platforms to to write books. Gleason wrote an amazing book. Dwight Clark was maybe the greatest ambassador for you know what could possibly be done towards research. The fact that they have these platforms and these fan bases and these teams. It could be, you know, a blessing, and they're truly the ones who are serving, raising awareness around ALS. Because I didn't know much about the disease. It's the strength that these families have, especially when these men are in their 30s and 40s, and these women are going through it. It, I know, I don't. And the, you and I have a lot of fun together, but this is like a very serious topic to me, and a thing that I'm very passionate about. And having written this book, it it changed me in a lot of ways. And watching OJ's strength, you put it in perspective what they're going through when I start complaining about whatever I got in my day to day. Yeah. Strength of a champion. I am going out myself and read it. And I encourage anyone who doesn't know about ALS. It sounds like an amazing story. Uh, check that out as well. Um, in 2016, August the 1st of 2016. Oh, we're like, uh, this is, this is the anniversary right, right now when we're yeah. recording this good Morning football premieres on the NFL network. You have been on Good Morning Football since its inception. How do you deal with the schedule? Yeah. So our show airs 7 to 10 a.m. every day during football season, not during football season, when the furthest thing you're thinking about is football <laughs> season. We are on uh, the NFL network every morning and uh, they, I think uh, a fellow actor, friend of yours, Paul Rudd said it best. He was on our show. He's like, I like your show because it's not the news in the morning. And I'm like, thank you. Because that's, it's just light. It's fun. <laughs> and it's football. And Brian, we have been so blessed and fortunate to have you not only on as a guest, but you served as a host for several days uh, on our show and did an outstanding job. Thank you, Peter. I, I have to tell you, and this is not this is not a joke. I've said this to other people, not publicly. <laughs> if it wasn't for the schedule, I might try to come for your job. Honestly, I get it. I, I the might best try job. to come for your job. I love doing it. It's so much fun. But guys, this is not so. I mean, part of it is admittedly that I'm West Coast, so my yeah. body and my brain is on the West Coast. It's hard to to change that but it's like 4 30 or 5 in the morning you're on the east the coast you're up at 4 in the morning and while you're doing i'll just put it this way while you're doing your morning routine whatever that may be fill in the blank in your head whatever your morning routine is you are on a conference call <laughs> where the entire show <laughs> is being talked about the first day when i was hosting it I was afraid of getting in the elevator. Now, I guess the elevators work really well there in New York and you don't have to get off the phone. And I mean, like you are on the phone on a conference call, walking through every segment of the show mm -hmm. as you're getting ready, as you're coming down the elevator. And again, the first day that the drivers know it, they, they pick you up in the morning because it's really early and you got to go through the thing. It's down World Trade Center. They like know what i'm they open the car door they don't say a word they know that you're on this conference call it's the call it's our bible this, and you and you and it. you and basically what happens to give you a perspective is they're like okay everybody that's it we'll uh see you guys soon and start at seven and you hang up and remarkably you're outside of the building and then you <laughs> you walk in the building and go up and you know get a little it's makeup a, it's on a wild routine you're it's up before crazy. You're up at four thirty in the morning. You're on this call at five thirty in the morning. You're in makeup chair by six thirty in the morning. You're getting dressed, and all the while you got to think of something to say for three hours. But Brian, I don't. I imagine a lot of the listeners of this podcast probably aren't everyday Good Morning Football. I, my biggest thing that I preach to people because I meet people all the time. And they're like, "What do you do?" I do. Oh, I do the football show on NFL Network, the morning show, and they go, "Ah, I'm not a football fan." 
You don't have to be a football. You don't. Our show, our show is entertainment. So my colleague Kyle Brandt is hysterical. Jamie Erdahl, our host, is wonderful. Jason McCordy, a former player, has more pop culture references than any of us. Like it is, <laughs> it is about what's like. We've spent so much time. To, I interviewed Aaron Rodgers this past weekend, and I yes. asked him about Oppenheimer, and he had seen it and he had thoughts. We spent more time talking about that than Rodgers and the Jets. Like right. uh, Rodgers' thoughts on Oppenheimer is where we focus. So <laughs> it is a uh, it is a fun show. There's trivia. There's games. There's all sorts of stuff. So it gets tough in May and June. And again, it's all relative. It's my dream job, so I'm happy. But when there's literally no football news, and they're like, all right, for three hours, go fill the air with hypothetical. <laughs> you have to just realize that, okay, you're putting the work in now. This is why they pay you. And then once football season comes, the stories are kind of easier to talk about. Uh, what do you think's changed the most in the NFL in your time? Ooh. Let's just say on Good Morning Football. Yeah. The last decade. I think the players have a lot more power even in the last decade than they did in the previous one. And it's not because of the collective bargaining agreement. I think it's because of the rise of, A, the way society is moving towards maybe some marginalized voices more than it's been in decades past, but more so the free access that they have to social media, to Instagram, to a platform where... If a player has something he wants to voice about his team or about the league or about society in general, they don't need to call a, a, a press conference and invite reporters. They don't right. need a podium. They can go on TikTok and do it, and it's going to have the same exact impact. So I think the player voice has gotten a lot louder, and whether that's a threat to the NFL or not, it's it's the way that things are going in the world, and we have to listen to those voices because they have a platform just as uh, the league does and the owners who who put together the game. Do you still love the sport as much as you did when you were a kid? My gosh. Dude, I get jaded a lot. And when you find me week 11, week 12, and I've been, I fly to LA every weekend for Fox and I do their studio show from New York and it's it's brutal. And I'll, I'll sometimes be in a miserable mood and it's cold in New York and someone spits on me on the subway and you know a car drives by and there's a subway puddle or just a big puddle of rain. But I was at Jets camp over the weekend. It was the first time I've been at a football event since probably the combine or the draft, whatever it is. And I was on the, I was on the field and this sounds so cheesy. So, you know, roll your eyes, whatever. I've been doing this 20 years, but the grass was just freshly cut. The guys were coming out. Everyone's got they're in the best shape that they've been in a year. And Aaron Rodgers comes out and the Jets fans who are drunk with optimism right now are chanting Aaron Rodgers. And I look to my producer, Christine, and I'm like, it's not the best job in the world. Uh, th I get to do this for a living. So yes, I love it. Everyone always asks me like, what's your favorite? The Super Bowl to me once a year, if you can go at any time, you must go. It's the greatest spectacle. And it never gets old. During the national anthem this year, I was 10 feet behind uh, Chris Stapleton and I shed a tear because I was like, this is the most beautiful thing. I'm here for it. I, somehow in my amazing dreams i am on the field for the super bowl national anthem and i get to talk about the game and at the end of the day that's my job that's providing for my family so yes i love it so much and i love the stories and it hasn't gotten old the journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road but if you're ready for a change consider taking zen for a spin Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Before we dive into football a little more, you also do cover some other sports from time to time, the NBA, Olympics. What's your favorite thing to cover besides the NFL? I love the NBA playoffs, and I love the NBA playoffs when the Knicks are like a team that's willing to be talked about on television. Like It's been dead for 20 years in New York with basketball. Knicks haven't been good. This past spring was really cool. I got to go to a few games. I am not a celebrity, so I'm not on Celebrity Row, but you better believe my eyes are like, wait a second, that's Hank Azaria. Okay, wait, that's Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. Oh, wait, that's Jessica Alba. Oh, is that Turtle from Entourage? Yes, it is. Like It's so cool when New York is alive and it brings out that audience because I miss that in my 20s and 30s. It wasn't a thing, Um, but... To, it's like the Laker games. Like it feels like an event. So I love that. I love when the Knicks are relevant. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. There was a period of time where I was in New York a lot. Yeah. And the people at MSG were just really big fans of the office. And I, I met a person, I'm not going to give his name out. I want that name. Came out up to me and was like, whenever you want to come. Yeah. Now, sometimes people say this. It's and it's hollow. Like, it's empty. What? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But I, that's, you know, I was there a lot. So I was like, yeah, I would, you know, love to go to a Knicks game. It went. And yeah, there is kind of that MSG down there, find a Yankees hat and put on the Yankees hat. And it's like suddenly you are New York. I don't know. It's a weird, I can't even describe Look, the feeling it, of it. It's so it. bizarre. Yeah. It feels like it's the only show in town. It, it's a Broadway adjacent building, it's the Madison Square Garden. And, you know, Spike Lee is still there. And like for years it was Woody Allen and Matthew Modine. And like you had like just institutions at these Knicks games. And then to think, okay, it's coming back with today's like today's guys and today's gals that are relevant. It's cool. It felt like an event. So from a basketball standpoint, yeah, I love covering the NBA playoffs. But to me, going to the NBA playoffs this past spring, that had a really cool feel. And if yeah. you want to pass along that guy's name after the podcast, that's great. Because <laughs> I'm the schmuck buying tickets for $300 and sitting in the rafters and screaming on the top of my lungs. Saying, I think that's Emily Ratajkowski down there. <laughs> I've kind of asked this once, but I'm going to ask it in a different way. I mean, look, you've written for tons of publications, ESPN, Fox Sports, GQ, Esquire, blah, 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 blah. Are you a writer? Or do you prefer broadcast? I am a writer. That's that what is, you are. That is where I am. Uh, because everything that I'm doing on the show, it comes from my writing skills and my writing background and how I'm presenting things and how I'm interviewing people. It's the writing side of it. Broadcaster, sure. But to me, I, writer first, second, third, fourth, TV guy fifth. Um, uh, You're... Conversation with Aaron Rodgers got quite a bit of press the last few days. Tell me about that. How was he? Does he seem like in a in a good mood? Can I show you something? I know this isn't on video for somebody, but I wanted to show you this. No, that's all right. Oh, 
This is a jersey, a Rogers 8 jersey. Did he give it to you or did you buy oh, it? Oh, he didn't give it to me. Um, <laughs> that's just a purchase was made. Okay. Uh, that's a gift I'm going to give to my friend for his birthday. But I'll tell you what, I have the Rogers Jets jersey in my hand. Here's the deal. I'll give the, the long and short of it. Sean Payton is a friend of mine, and a yes. former Fox Sports colleague, but a long time renegade of the league who was coach of the Saints. And he came out a couple days earlier and in so many words uh, said the previous coach of the Denver Broncos is named Nathaniel Hackett. And he says, I don't know Nathaniel Hackett, but this, this coaching job that he did was an embarrassment. And to sum it up, he really aired it out on the former coach of the Broncos as Sean yes. Payton is starting a second chapter with the Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett is one of Aaron Rodgers' closest friends and is now the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. So Rodgers hadn't spoken since Sean Payton made his comments. And you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't do interviews with everybody. He'll do them with you. He'll do them with Pat McAfee. I think in the past he's he's done stuff with the guys at Barstool and part of my take. Pete Holmes did a very famous interview with him once. And Rodgers, as you know, is one of the most authentic, curious, intelligent athletes you will ever come across. But he isn't fans of everybody. And if he ain't a fan of yours, he ain't giving you the time of day. Yeah. I didn't know where I stood with Rodgers. I'm on a show every single day. I give objective analysis. I think he's one of the greatest players of all time. I don't think I've ever talked anything negative about him, but I didn't know if he's going to grant me an interview. But I have always appreciated his independence and his curiosity about the world. So the, the, the practice ends. He hasn't done any interviews. And I'm on the NFL Network from there. And I give him that look. And I'm like, yeah, do you think maybe? And he's giving me the nod. Like, all right, I'm going to come over. I'm like, all right, this is the interview. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And then Jason Garrett, the former coach of the Cowboys, literally from, from Mars. I didn't see him coming from anywhere. I didn't know he was at practice. Walks right in front of me and starts talking to Rogers. And they have like a 20-minute conversation. And I'm like, well, there goes my interview with Rogers. There's no way he's going to do a 20-minute conversation with Jason Garrett, fellow quarterback, fellow guy who played in the league for 20 years, coached in the league. They went through each other. They had a great battles against each other. There's no way Rodgers is going to finish that and then give me the time of day still. Sure enough, finishes with Garrett, comes over, daps me up. And I did something that, Brian, I think you'd appreciate. When I interviewed Aaron Rodgers, I didn't come right away and say, all right, so what are your thoughts on the Sean Payton comments? Yes. I saw, by the way. I, saw I the started interview. off with... How are you like in New York? I saw you at the Tonys. <laughs> yeah, Let's talk right. Broadway. Yeah. And he said, I've seen Wicked. And I saw Back to the Future, Back the musical, to the Future. He's a which, fan of Back to the Future. And he said, it's a must-see. And I'm must like, see. Oh, this isn't, we're not talking about Parade or, uh, you know, Sidney Bluestein's window here. We're talking about Back to the Future, the musical. And I'm right. like, all right. And then we talk about Oppenheimer a little bit. He gives me his favorite Christopher Nolan movie, which is Prestige. Now, I can tell you, Rogers, you know this. He could hang in any crew any Hollywood crew, any New York crew, and talk movies. He's a cinephile. The guy loves film. He shows up to the Tonys not to be seen, but because he loves live musical theater. Like, this yep. is that kind of guy. And then I ease into football. And then I just said this, and I think this is a good question for any journalist out there. You don't just give him a yes or no, and you don't say talk about. I said, we saw the Sean Payton comments. Those are in the past. Why don't you tell the audience about your coach, Nathaniel Hackett. And Roger started off talking about how Hackett is arguably the greatest coach he's ever had. He's one of his dearest friends. He's a family man. He is a lifelong coach. And then he took it himself and gave the quote of the summer and basically said, Sean Payton should keep my coach's name out of his mouth. And that's like Will Smith talk, you know, like <laughs> keep my coach's name out of your mouth. And that went crazy and viral. And, you know, fortunate enough for my vanity and my ego, I'm in the shot when he says it. I'm the one asking him. So ESPN had to show my mug for two days. And I, you know, I'll take that. That's free publicity for me. Um, but we finished it up and Rogers and I dapped it up. And I'm like, gosh, that was, that was awesome. That's awesome when you get a guy like that and, and, and he's candid and he, he can talk as much as he wants or as little as he wants, but he gives you the, the time and the effort and defends his guy, and I loved it. Well, you know, he and I have spent quite a bit of time together. He seems to me to be in a very good mood. He seems to be very happy, very positive. I believe he said... I don't have to pretend to be a journalist, so don't quote me on this. I believe he was at every but two of the uh, off-season practices and seems to be enjoying his new teammates. One, two, three, or four. Where do the Jets finish this year? I don't want to spoil it. I'm feeling 
I'm feeling really bullish on the Jets. I don't want to. I got to do all sorts of predictions, and we're coming up with that. Yeah, I don't know if they win the regular season title of the division. The Buccaneers didn't win the regular season crown in the in, a, in the NFC South the year that they won the Super Bowl. It happens time and time again. It just you have to get the right, hot the right time. I don't think there's going to be a long adjustment period for Rodgers. And if you're listening at home and you're like, "Well, didn't Brady go to a new team and win right away? And didn't Matthew Stafford? They both did, and they were playing with coaches they'd never met before." He and Hackett, this coach that he's with. He's won two MVPs with this guy. He and Alan Lazard, they have a long history. Randall Cobb was there when I was there on Sunday. And Brian, I'm like, Cobby's on this team? I've almost forgot that Cobby's on this team. Like, <laughs> Rogers not only is coming, he's coming with his boys yeah. and with his coach. I don't think it's going to be a long adjustment period. The schedule is tough, and Very there's tough. questions about the offensive line, and their defense is untested. But I'm not counting out an angry, angry Aaron Rodgers. And when I say angry, I don't mean he's got a bad soul right now. I just think he's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove some things. Yeah, you know, the last time something like this happened, I think he won two MVPs in a row. Yep, and they drafted Jordan Love. Uh, you said it, not me. Yeah, it would be very interesting. Uh, your favorite team in the NFC this year? I know you're still putting it together for yeah, your yeah, exclusive yeah. announcements on Good Morning Football, <laughs> Ooh, but... The world is waiting. <laughs> but NFC... I'm going to go to, I don't, I don't know where your loyalties lie with the Packers without yeah. Rodgers there, but I'm going to go with one of their rivals. I'm going to say the Detroit Lions are the team. And I know everyone's hot on them right now. Really? They haven't won a title since 57. Uh, they got a really good young team, a really good offensive coordinator and Ben Johnson. I always, here's, if you want to get the keys to the puzzle here, I always, the last five years, I very humbly have predicted the right Super Bowl champion for the season. I'm not saying the Lions are going to win. I always look at offensive teams and offensive coaches. And I think this Ben Johnson, who's the offensive coordinator of the Lions, is a whiz kid. He's 37 years old. And what they were doing at the end of the season last year was revolutionary stuff. I think they pick up right where they left off. I think the Lions are going to be significantly better than they've ever been before. And I think they might be talking, you know, NFC title that good. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, so you're a believer, mm-hmm. even though they start. I mean, I have to tell you, I was shocked that they opened the season at Kansas City. It's the ultimate honor, right? It is. The league, the league could pick any team to play the Chiefs, and they chose the Detroit Lions, a team that everyone on Thanksgiving is like, oh, really? We got to watch the Lions? <laughs> the league chose them this year. In the morning game. The morning game when you're everyone. Like, no, one's, no one's too drunk yet. The game is coming on, and it's the Lions and like, against the Bears or somebody yeah, terrible. Mitchell Trubisky versus the Lions, 13 years in a row. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, anybody else? Yeah, the I, think the Ni- I think the Niners and Eagles are step ahead of everybody, and they're going to bring it right back. I think those are the three power teams of the NFC, and the rest is wide open. I really do see the, the Lions in that conversation. You know, it's interesting. The 49ers just called me yesterday about trying out for their quarterback position. I don't know if you, I don't know <laughs> you if might you be heard. the healthiest they got. I don't know if I don't know if you heard they were. It's crazy. They've been uh, they've been right now. They say block. I mean, we're doing this on August August first, whatever we're doing this. Brock yeah. Purdy is apparently healthy, but if you watch football, the Niners quarterback position is as cursed as any position in sports. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. AFC teams, other AFC teams. Oh my gosh, isn't it great this year? So the NFC is kind of weird this year. There's not a lot of power teams. It could be anybody's. The AFC is so loaded. There's three heavies, obviously. The Bengals, the Bills, and the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. I'm going to put two more teams that I think are going to be really good this year. I think the Jets are going to be really good this year. And then the other team that I think is going to be excellent that I haven't heard a lot of buzz on is the, is the LA Chargers. And every mm. year we hear that. But I think Justin Herbert, this is his coming out party. I love, again, the keys to the puzzle, offensive coaches. They just hired Kellen Moore from the Cowboys, who was there the last few years. He's the offensive coordinator. He's going to be working with Justin Herbert. And they've got a bunch of you know skyscrapers at receiver. I think the Chargers are going to be really good this year. Might actually be better than the Chiefs in the AFC West. Wow. I'm talking. I, look, you don't get paid like I get paid the big bucks without making a big comment. Um, so you, are, you pick, are you picking the Chargers to win the West? I might. I might. Interesting. I might. Wow. Uh, you mentioned it before. You do your five mornings at Good Morning Football in New York. You get on a plane every week to go to L.A. Why, why do they need you in L.A.? That's a great question. It's a great question. I just signed an extension, so I'm not going anytime soon where I'm not. But <laughs> they're, they're, Look, you're hearing me on this podcast. You're like, this guy must have a lot of caffeine. The, the, the argument is that my presence in studio, uh, I'm, a, I'm a catalyst. I bring energy. I bring, uh, I bring juice. Right. So I love doing it. And that show... 
is a really fun crew. And, you know, it's Carissa Thompson who does the Amazon show as well, the pregame yep. show. But Michael Vick, Charles Woodson, we had Sean Payton for years and we're going to be adding someone new. It hasn't been announced yet. But, like, I love it when I'm there. And I love doing it. And my job is to kind of give you the insights, but also bust chops a little bit. Um, but you're right. It, it, in a in a Zoom world, there was one year, COVID, where I was doing it remotely. And I'll be honest, I wasn't as good as I am when I'm in studio. Okay. I felt like I was like doing it from like outer space. I, the producers are like, you're much better in studio. I'm like, I get it. And I understand it. And yet, gosh, when I'm sitting there at the uh, Delta Gate and they're like, there's actually a 90 minute delay and I'm looking around and someone's asking me who they should start on their fantasy team. There's nothing I would love more than to sit on my couch. <laughs> Oh, well, the new season is coming. Your time is heating up. The busiest man in football is, I mean, the Giants are going to be good. The Giants Jets are going to be interesting. Relevant, relevant. If nothing word. else, I'm so excited. I can't wait to come back on your program at some can point I, in Can time. I also plug my podcast, which oh, we got to have you on. It's called, of it's, course. It's, it's really good and it's, called The Season, the season? With Peter Schrager, and I'm yes. so proud of it, and I want you on soon. The Season, I hear it is very, very successful. Now, you had Flying Coach with Sean McVay that yes. was also very successful, talking about your relationship with Sean McVay. But yes, now The Season, how do you find the time? How well, do you... That one is like that one. So I'm a part of an ensemble crew on two different shows, but that one is like my deal. So it's like my chance to do my own thing. And I think you could probably appreciate that where, Hey, I'm not just NFL insider. I also have, I listen, I look at your podcast guests and you know, I've been listening to your podcast back to the office ones Yes, and it's, you bring in everybody and you connect with everybody and you and I are kindred spirits in that way. And that I'm not just talking to football players and GMs and, I'm talking to actors, comedians, I'm talking to people who are difference makers, and it's had a lot of success. And some of the most highest listen episodes are from people who aren't necessarily in the football world. So right. really proud of it. And where do I find the time? You find the time. You know that. You find the time. The season, Peter Schrager, available wherever you hear your podcast. You're also, you have another job, by the way. Do you like you, this? I'm just showing your book you, into you've the camera. Got, you've got my book right there. Welcome to Dunner Mifflin. Love it. It's a coffee table. Yeah. I mean, although I think I gave it to you. Yeah, to be it was honest. free, so it didn't Yeah, help. it was free. Sorry. You also, you have another job, John Krasinski Stalker. Now, you and John yeah. are neighbors? Yeah, I live, on, I live a block away from the dude, and I know him as Jim from The Office, obviously. <laughs> this is pre-Jack Ryan. This is pre-everything. Yeah. And I, and I run sometimes when, you know, I'm, I'm after the show, whatever, and I've seen him walking his dog, and I want to go up to him and not fanboy, because I have no interest in being a fan. I just want to be like, I'm Brian's boy. Like, <laughs> Brian's my guy. Like, we have a connection. But I, I've got too much respect for him. And, you know, he's a Brooklyn Heights resident and we don't mess with Brooklyn Heights residents you like Vegas yeah. you don't, or whatever, Fight Club. Like, we don't, you don't do that. It's just, <laughs> it's understood. When Daniel Craig walks by, you don't say, oh my God, I love you and James Bond. Like, you just kind of let him by right. and you nod. So um, we're, we are quote unquote neighbors. I don't think he knows I exist. Well, he is a sports fan. So you, you might be surprised about that. You have my permission to go tell him. I'll hi. give you. I'll give you a good one. There's just a just tell him hi for me. I wanted to, but I didn't want to go up to him at all. I felt like it was weird. By the way, he's jacked. He's a great looking guy. Like the, there is nothing. The, he's very he sexy. Fantastic looking man. Um, he is very sexy. I was at the local coffee shop. There's a coffee shop called Joe Coffee, which is in our hood, and like everyone goes through there. And Matt Damon was in there, and he had a Boston Red Sox hat. And I'm like, all right. Do you say something to Matt Damon or just let Matt Damon be? Of course, as a fellow celebrity, I'm joking. uh, I know you don't bother him. You let him be. (laughs) But then Damon looked at me and gave me the nod. And I think he knew who I was. And I was about to engage. And then he was gone out of my life forever. So that friendship (laughs) never materialized either. Uh, Yeah, he gave you the nod. Like the the knowing, like, I know who you are. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what you do. You it's just nod. nod. You nod. just do the nod. Like I loved you in I loved you in Rounders. Like I would give him a real good reference. You know? <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. Yes, I have loved you since Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> Listen, it's so great to see you. Thank you so much. We're gonna. I'm. I'm gonna be on the podcast. I'm also gonna come back at. Are you in New York anytime soon? Are you in the city? Anytime I, I'm soon? sure that I am. So I will. Uh, I will let you know. 
and to be continued. Congratulations on all the success. And uh, yeah, I look, by the way, don't be, don't be afraid to text when you have that insider information. It makes me look smart. You know, I will. Um, Jameer Gibbs, that's your fantasy sleeper of the year. He's a first round pick from the Detroit lions. They're going to use him like Debo Samuels used in San Francisco. That is a, that is your fantasy tip. Jameer Gibbs. And on that note, Brian, I'll say, I'll say farewell. Look, honestly, uh, you're one of my favorite guys. You've been so kind to me and, uh, I'm so honored to be on the podcast. I listen every week. So it means a lot. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Jameer Gibbs Jameer for all Gibbs, of you listening. Folks. This is going to help me win the office fantasy league. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Peter, as always, great talking to you on my show this time. I'll see you on yours very soon, and I hope at maybe a game or five this season. Maybe up in Green Bay, who knows? Maybe New York, Vegas, LA. The choices are limitless. And to everyone listening, thank you. If you like what you hear, would you please do me a favor? Rate and review us on the old Apple podcasts and follow us on Instagram at off the beat. And if you want to hear more, well, just come back next week because I'll be here. I hope you will as well. Until then, everybody have a great week. Off the beat is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our senior producer is Diego Tapia. Our producers are Liz Hayes, Hannah Harris, and Emily Carr. Our talent producer is Ryan Papa Zachary, and our intern is Thomas Olson. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by the one and only Creed Bratton. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.